This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 31st, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. As Iraqi security forces retake Ramadi from ISIS, just how much credit is due to the U.S.? And however much credit is due, how much credit should the U.S. take? Chris Preble is Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. We spoke yesterday. How significant is it for uh, the U.S. to uh, see the Iraqi security forces expel ISIS from Ramadi? I think it's significant. I, I don't think it's very significant in the sense that I don't believe that ISIS is uh, the same uh, level of threat that some people do, but, I, but it is a threat to U.S. interests and therefore having um, success, uh, whoever achieves that success uh, in uh, driving them back and in, un, in undermining their hold on certain territory, which mean, which again undermines their ability to mobilize resources and draw recruits and that sort of thing. Uh, it doesn't really matter ultimately who scores the victories against them as long as they are being contained and ultimately driven back. Um, so I, I do think this is, to, you know, to the extent that ISIS is important for the United States, uh, it is certainly good news that the Iraqis have have. Uh, achieve this success. And it's not just one success. There's been a string of successes recently. Um, so, uh, but it is, it is far more significant, obviously, for the government in Baghdad, for the Iraqi people, for the people of, of Ramadi, and potentially for uh, the other places that are uh, likely to be uh, liberated in the, in the future. Now, there are a lot of countries that have a lot more to lose in that region than certainly than the United States does. Uh, what should be the U.S. role in encouraging those countries to be more directly involved? Well, the first thing that I expect the United States to do is provide material support for uh, the forces on the ground. Again, this is chiefly Iraqi forces for now because we're not willing to support the Syrian government forces in in the parts of Syria where ISIS is operating. So this is still U.S. support for the Iraqi government. Uh, there is some equipment that proved quite useful in clearing minefields and uh, moving uh, earth, frankly, to to uh, kind of tactically help uh, take back Ramadi. There was training uh, provided in, in part by U.S. Uh, military personnel. On the ground, and then there's there were the airstrikes, which have been going on for some time. So I think you'd likely to see that continue. Um, and um, meanwhile, uh, there are other uh, players in the region who are concerned about the rise of ISIS. Uh, sometimes they uh, cooperate with one another, but more often than not, it seems they are sort of directing their fire in the places that matter most to them. And so it's not particularly coordinated. But if the end result is that uh, ISIS has control of less territory over time, I, again, I, I don't really care. I don't really think it matters who takes that territory from them uh, or why they did. Uh, it's that uh, ISIS has less uh, ability to, uh, as I've said, mobilize resources and, uh, and uh, draw new recruits. To what extent should efforts be coordinated by countries like uh, Saudi Arabia and others? Where there is a kind of clear competition of interest, where, where one side is uh, 
kind of undermining the effort against ISIS, that that is the most important part to to disrupt that, to you know, to discourage it, to to maybe more strongly than that, to to threaten uh, you know repercussions if they don't uh, cooperate in the fight against ISIS. Uh, but I do think there are some pretty important limits to how much uh, U.S. pressure. Uh, can convince uh, various states to do something that they see as contrary to their interests. Again, this is where it all comes down to is how do we convince these different states that it is in their interest to fight ISIS, not on our behalf or not at our behest, but because it genuinely is better for them that ISIS loses power. Um, you know, we, we saw this play out so many times over the course of the U.S. Uh, military presence in Iraq where, you know, the, the United States at one point had 170 or more thousand uh, active duty military personnel tens of thousands more uh, contractors and civilian personnel in country. Uh, and, and there was this constant struggle with the Iraqi government trying to convince them of what their interests were. Um, uh, sometimes maybe the U.S. officials were correct, but ultimately it doesn't matter. It's how the Iraqis perceive it. And, uh, and so I think we should learn from that experience in the 2000s when we had so many people there uh, trying to pressure the Iraqi government to do what we wanted them to do. Um, uh, what we've seen over the last few months is even when a very, there, there are not very many U.S. personnel on the ground there, uh, and yet the Iraqis have somehow managed to figure out what is in their interest. I don't think this should shock us. Um, I think that what, what might have, I won't say it was, it was unsettling when the Iraqi military performed so poorly in the early stages of the campaign against ISIS, I think in retrospect, it's clear that they were surprised, uh, as were many people. Uh, the particular forces that were in place were not well trained for the mission that they suddenly were thrown into. They were they had previously been responsible for manning checkpoints and things like this, which is a very different task than defending territory from from an actual military uh, attack assault. Um, and so. Uh, now that the Iraqi government, for whatever reason, has uh, sort of gotten its act together and the forces have clearly demonstrated uh, an ability to retake uh, territory under difficult conditions, uh, I don't think that we should expect uh, that all of a sudden uh, things will go back to the way they were in 2014 when the Iraqi government uh, and the Iraqi military effectively collapsed in the face of ISIS attacks. It would seem that uh, part of the PR battle that uh, needs to be waged, part of that is for the U.S. to convince Americans not to overreact to uh, ISIS, but to convince countries that are most affected by ISIS to take the threat more seriously. Uh, can't both of those be achieved with the U.S. <laughs> effectively withdrawing to an extent the more direct kinetic actions that uh, would be taken over there? Perhaps. I tend to think it's more – you've already you, – you've identified the sort of rhetorical challenge, which is more – which I think is actually more serious. There is going to be a very strong impulse on the part of President Obama on down to want to claim credit for this, to push back against his many critics who are accusing him of doing nothing at all, which is not true. Um, 
On the other hand, there is a real danger in overplaying that. There's a danger in suggesting that this victory was not, uh, you know, primarily achieved by the Iraqis, but it was, you know, to, to, to imply falsely that it was primarily a U.S. victory. That would be a mistake. Uh, and by the same token, it would be a mistake to uh, signal to other countries in the region that they actually don't have to take this very seriously because, as usual, the United States is going to bail them out. So um, while I certainly understand, uh, you know, from a, from a, the perspective of administrative, administration officials of trying to, to play up the U.S. role, the better... Uh, decision on their part, again, in the, in, in the U.S. strategic interest is to um, is to restrain that impulse. And I, w- I would presume applaud the victories yeah, that are hard, hard fought by people who are, uh, for whatever reason, doing things that the United States would like to see done. Yes, that's absolutely right. I mean, I think that uh, you should listen very carefully for the tone of those who have been saying for months or years even that, that the only way that the United States can secure its interests in this region is by having tens of thousands of U.S. troops on the ground. This is still a position that's held by a few people uh, here in the United States. The string of victories that have been achieved by the Iraqis and the Kurds and a few other forces on the ground seriously challenge that claim. Uh, and I think that while some of us uh, are happy to celebrate these victories against this absolutely murderous band of of thugs who deserve to be uh, to be sent, you know, sent into the ground, um, uh, listen for the tone of those who seem not entirely enthused by the fact that the Iraqis have won this victory. Chris Preble is vice president for defense and foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.